Most of us save our best outfits for special occasions, weddings, parties, and the occasional date night. But many people in New York City don't need an excuse to dress to the nines. From grocery store aisles to subway platforms, New Yorkers often look straight off the runway. The city is known for its iconic street style. It's a center of creativity and innovation in fashion. But how did New York City become such a force in the fashion world? And what makes New York City so stylish today? Hi, I'm Abby Delk, and this is Cityscape. Today, we're talking with three New Yorkers about all things fashion. In a moment, we'll chat with Ariel Vieira, a videographer who traced New York City's fascinating fashion history in a documentary. Then, we'll talk with Johnny Cirillo, a photographer renowned for his candid photos of New York City street fashion. A lot of people dress the way they do because they want to connect with somebody else. Finally, we'll hear from Clara Perlmutter, a TikTok star known for her eclectic closet and bold approach to personal style. I've started just wearing what I would wear out to a fancy event maybe once a month around my apartment, which is really fun, um, just overdressing all the time. Our first guest is Ariel Vieira. He's the founder of Urbanist, an online show that explores the magic of cities like New York. In 2020, he released the documentary, Why New York is a Fashion Capital. From the evolution of the city's garment district to modern efforts to make fashion sustainable, the film walks the viewer through the highlights of New York's fashion history. Ariel, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. So excited to be here. One of your more recent projects was the Why New York is a Fashion Capital documentary, which you released in 2020. Has fashion always been something that has been interesting for you? Kind of. I I do like dressing well, but it wasn't always like the top interest of mine. What really got me hooked in terms of New York City fashion was wondering why are there so many big, gigantic buildings concentrated at the Garmin District? in Midtown Manhattan. And then I actually was hired by uh, a lovely pair of friends from the Midwest to do a tour for them because uh, on occasion I offer private tours. And they asked me, hey, can you give us a tour about the history of fashion in New York? And I was thinking to myself, how the hell am I going to show someone the history of fashion, (laughs) like physically? Um, And that's where I knew the Garment District was the place. And that got me really intrigued and it led to me making my first ever documentary. And there's a lot of really fascinating stuff in your film. And then you mentioned that you were inspired by the Garment District and being in that place and sort of seeing the history in the buildings. You get to explore a lot of different parts of the city in your film. Was there any particular locations that you really liked filming in or just thought were really cool? Yeah, it was really cool actually entering a few of the garment factories because It's uh, as a New Yorker that's living here in in the 2000s, now 2020s, it's kind of hard to imagine that there's actual factories still in the middle of the city. And yep, there's still factories in the middle of the city. So I went to like a embroidery factory, uh, which was really cool seeing people still work by hand in in a random building in the middle of the garment district. And then I also went to a place where they make like these uh, flowers out of cloth and the finding out that these flowers were featured in so many Sex and the City episodes. So I thought to myself, wow, this is so interesting that we're still making things that are super popular on television that were made by hand in the middle of the city. 
Was there anything you discovered about New York's fashion history that really surprised you? Yeah, you know, one of the, actually in the physical location, 550 7th Avenue um, was where the offices of Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein, Donna Karen, Oscar de la Renta, and a few others were all located, Bill Blast too. So that kind of blew me away that some of the biggest names in the world were based off just one single building. What makes New York City different from other fashion empires in the world? What is unique about New York's fashion landscape? You know, I asked this question to everyone I interviewed in the original documentary, which was professors from LIM and independent fashion designers and people who worked with very top brands like Calvin Klein. And they all almost all told me the same exact thing, uh, that what makes New York City different is its diversity, but not in a very cliched way, but like literally uh, there's so many different people in this one city alone uh, that there's a variety of different styles of clothing. So it's not just a high-end, high fashion like in Paris or streetwear like in Japan, but here we have both high fashion and streetwear and sportswear and athleisure. And we have all these styles combining together. But beyond that, New York has always stuck out as a fashion capital because we've made clothes that not just is very beautiful to look at, but also sells very well. Uh, and you can think about that with Calvin Klein jeans, for example, or Ralph Lauren's uh, polo shirts. They're simple, but they sell like hotcakes and everyone around the world knows what they are. So in your film, we sort of see the evolution of clothes being made in factories right next to the stores where they're going to be sold and then sort of production going overseas. What would you describe as sort of the modern retail landscape in New York City? Yeah, so New York City has been the center of both manufacturing and retail. So the retail landscape, that is a good question. I mean, that, that centered popularly around Fifth Avenue. Uh, but we've had, I didn't get into this in my documentary, but we have smaller companies that have popped up in the past like 20 years that are online retail, like Warby Parker and Bonobos, and there's a few other major companies. I think New York City will continue being a fashion capital because manufacturing does not have to be entirely based here. Um, and that is the same case with all the other fashion capitals out there, London. Paris and Milan. Uh, yeah, it's changing. Not everything's going to be made exactly in New York like it used to, but the design, the, the shows, the press, the media surrounding fashion and the finance is all centered here in New York. And that is uh, very crucial to the entire process of making clothes. So a lot of focus, I would say in the last decade, two decades, when it comes to the fashion world is about sustainability. What did you find out about how New York fashion designers are trying to meet this goal of sustainability in their work? Yeah, I mean, sustainability is a gigantic topic in the fashion industry because the fashion industry is one of the largest polluters in the world as well. Um, but I'll be a little bit more specific um, in saying that the best sustainable fashion is the fashion you just keep on wearing for years to come. And that used to be the case prior to ready to wear. 
uh, and going to stores. So people would have their own suit that they would wear for a decade or two. I think we do have to return somewhat to that. And uh, when I spoke to various fashion designers, it was very interesting that to see that fashion designers are still making everything from design to manufacturing to distribution all in their small apartment in Astoria, Queens or Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And though, when you own a piece of clothes that is made by hand by someone in your own city, I think you tend to respect it more. You tend to keep that clothes for longer and it does last longer. It is a better quality made garment. So I think that is one aspect of sustainability that New York is really looking towards is yeah, there's the, that individual piece of garment is going to be more expensive uh, because it's made here and made by hand and a lot of hours are put into it. But that extra money you put into it actually makes it sure that you have a garment that lasts you for a very, very, very long time. You have another film project focused on fashion coming up. Could you talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, so there's a exhibition slash attraction in Times Square called Rise New York and it's permanent. So it's gonna be there for many, many years to come. And it's about the history of New York and all of the reasons why New York is awesome. And they hired me to be one of three documentaries that is featured in that exhibition. Uh, and my documentary is about the overall history of New York City fashion. But I did my 45 minute documentary. They wanted all of that history condensed into eight minutes. <laughs> so it's really fun. It's a really fast paced um, roller coaster ride through the past 200 years of fashion history. And it features Tim Gunn, uh, who's famous for Project Runway. And also one of the top fashion historians in the world, Professor Valerie Steele from the Fashion Institute of Technology. So to end, you ask this question to a lot of people in the film, and I'll ask it to you. What does fashion mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, um, I, I love the, the responses that everyone gave me. Um, I remember that Tim Gunn, for the interview that I had with him, he said that uh, fashion is exerting your your own persona onto the world and to me that's basically what fashion is it's it's a another playset another sandbox uh, for you to show yourself to the world uh, and the more authentic you are and the fashion choices you make that is true to you I think the better impression you will have on anyone you will meet I think that's why New Yorkers are so kick-ass with their fashion all right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. You can find Ariel's film and more of his work at arielviera.com. New Yorkers wear some pretty wild outfits when they're out and about. Our next guest does his best to capture them all. Johnny Cirillo is a photographer known for his candid photos of New York City street fashion. His Instagram account, Watching New York, has thousands of followers. His work serves as a living document of what New Yorkers are wearing. Johnny, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Abby. So what drew you to photographing street style in the way that you do? It's always changing. It's always different. It's, it's challenging. It's hard to get, um, in my opinion, it's hard to get a, a, a decent shot on a very busy city street. 
um, with weather and conditions and sun and, you know, rain and um, people in the way and stuff like that. And running, you know, it, it was challenge. And, and that keeps me feeling fresh, I feel, you know, and uh, there was something new to learn every day. And then I started getting into fashion, which I never was into. I never, I never, you know, I didn't, I, I, I like the way people look and I think it's cool, but now I've, you know, grown such an appreciation for, the, for style and fashion on top of it. it started off just as a fun photography project that, you know, eventually the fashion grew on me. And so now when I see something really fresh, it gets me really excited. I mostly just learn through the people I'm photographing. Of course, things will come up. A lot of times, actually, I'll learn something new from somebody that I photographed, and then I'll go and look it up afterwards and say, oh, let me look into this brand or this company or this store that they bought this from. Um, But I I mostly just, it's pretty much just tunnel vision as far as getting out there, taking photos, um, mingling with the people, learning a little bit about their background, where they're from and what their process was to building their outfit for the day. So a lot of people have likened your style to sort of paparazzi, but for the everyday New Yorker, was that your intention? I always like when people say to me, when I take their picture and they say to me, oh, you're making me feel like a celebrity. My answer is usually like, to me, you are, because it's like, you're this icon walking down the street, decorating the streets, like making everybody turn their heads and check you out. Um, and I think that they do deserve a spotlight. A lot of these people, you know, I think that they, they're so inspiring. I get so many messages from people being like, I didn't have the confidence before I saw this photo. I didn't know somebody else would wear something like this. I feel seen that kind of vibe. Um, so these people are important to see, you know what I mean? I think they are really special. You mentioned people's reactions when you photograph them. Are they surprised that they get their photo taken a lot? Not everybody. Um, some a lot of people that really that know that they're iconic in the way that they dress get photographed quite a bit. So they'll actually, I'll see them. And once they see the camera, they kind of know what's going on already. You know, okay, somebody's shooting street fashion. Um, other people are, you know, they, some people say, oh, what? Like, you know, this old thing, that kind of vibe where uh, they're just naturally good at layering and styling. They might not even realize it and how good they are at it just catches my eye the right way but uh in general i would say i would say 70 percent of the people are kind of slightly caught off guard and happy about it you know it's 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 a compliment you know it's a nice it's somebody saying i really like the way you're dressed would you mind if i showed other people the way you're dressed what really catches your attention when it comes to someone's outfit there's a lot of different things um the, the, the most, the, the, the floor of that answer is they could be wearing the most basic outfit that people would consider, but it's the way that they carry themselves and walk. And it's a confidence that they have. Um, just some people just have a walk that is just really powerful and really interesting to look at. And I try to capture that. And then the rest of the outfit kind of translates through it, I think, you know, which is kind of fun. I like looking for bold, creative, um, Anything that like, it also has to do a little bit with the background of whatever it is, wherever it is that I'm shooting, you know, there might be a, there might be a neon pizzeria sign in the background. And I try to find something that will clash with that a little bit or balance it right. And so I'm always looking for different things. I'm constantly looking for trends. Uh, I have, I have probably, you know, 50 to a hundred collections going constantly that I'm always thinking about and I'm always looking for them. And then I try to catch new ones that, you know, catch my eye. 
So it's a, it's a, it's a, a ton of different things that, you know, make me take a photo, but you know, most people, when they walk by, they, they can't, they're doing something that's, that's happening in the world, which is interesting, interesting, you know, whether it's a, a trend or something new, whether they know it or not, it's, it, they're wearing it, you know? Uh, but yeah, so I just try to, I just try to find all different, all different kinds of things. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Do you have any recent examples of either articles of clothing or people that really stick out to you from when you were out? Um, yeah, of course. Um, one of my favorite recent things that I saw was this young lady was wearing trousers as a shirt and she kind of had the waistline around her neck and slack pants were like in front of her uh, and it was kind of tied up I can't even remember exactly exactly the way that it looked but it was really really cool and I never seen anything like it and the way that the belt line kind of hung around her show off her shoulders was so unique um stopped her and asked her about it and she said that the the fellow that she was walking with created them for her and I asked him you know what's the deal with these and that was really fun um my favorite person to see in the streets is this guy named Darnell, who is razor sharp and his, his eye for thrifting is like beyond anything that I've seen. It, it, he, he makes outfits that he goes and buys for $25 look like red carpet stuff. And it's a talent, you know, so it's really fun to see him and ask him, where is this from? Where'd you get it? I like the high-end stuff too, don't get me wrong, but I, I find it really unique and creative when somebody can be that and have a, an imagination like that to piece things together that they find that are used and that they're reusing to make look so original. You photograph in a lot of different places in the city. Do you notice that the people sort of change as the location changes? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, every neighborhood dresses a little bit different. Um, extreme examples would be like, you know, Greenpoint and Williamsburg. It's a lot of thrifting. It's a lot of secondhand stuff. It's a lot of artists and creatives and people that are being creative with the way that they dress. Then if you go, you know, downtown Manhattan to like by Mercer Hotel, Mercer, Green, Spring Street, that area over there, uh, it's a little more high end brand names and a little bit more um, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, things like that, whatever, you know. There's been, I think, a broad discussion about how the pandemic has affected the fashion industry and people's relationship to the clothes they wear. Do you see that in the photos you're taking? There was a couple things. One, when we when the quarantine was lifted eventually and we were allowed to go outside and social distance, um, I've never seen really, really bright colors the way that I had. And they're still really out there. But but over the summer, spring and this spring and summer, it was big. I mean, it was like big, bright pink, hot pink, neon, greens, electric blues, colors that really, really stood out. And I think that's just a way of people saying that they wanted to be seen, you know, they were ready to be seen. Another thing that I think the pandemic pushed along was there was like, right before the pandemic, it seemed like sheer was getting bigger and bigger. And then as soon as everybody was wearing masks outside, sheer got really big. And with, you know, nothing underneath, just showing their bodies, whatever was underneath. But with their mask on, it felt like they had this extra layer of secrecy, like, they're, like they weren't exactly uh, showing exactly who they were. Maybe it gave them the, the boost or the confidence that they needed to feel that freedom of wearing sheer. 
How has the Watching New York Project influenced the way that you personally understand fashion and personal style? It's been really fun to learn this. It was kind of like I've been doing it now for like, I guess like six years. So it was almost like going to college. Like it was kind of like a, it's been like college for the last six years of learning. I'm still learning. I hope to learn for the rest of my life. But um, here's an answer. What I learned is that a lot of people dress the way they do because they want to connect with somebody else in a similar way. I think that's kind of why people wear band shirts, you know, for somebody else to see that and say, oh, I like you know, whoever it is, Beyonce also, you know, and when you get dressed that way, it's, it's a conversation starter. It's a way for somebody to open up to somebody else and say, I really like that hat. Where'd you get it? You know, uh, make a friend. And there's a lot of people in New York walking around. And I think that people take great comfort in communicating with other people that they feel on a similar level with. I think that has a lot to do with, with style in general. So, so far, what has been your favorite part of this project? Coming home after I take pictures, sitting down with my wife after we put our kid to bed and going through the photos um, because she's really into fashion and it's really fun. It's kind of a, it's kind of, what is the, uh, like a treasure hunt that I get to show her my, my treasures for the day. You know what I mean? Look what I found, you know? And then I know what pictures are coming because I remember, oh, I remember what comes after this. It's the, it's the cowboy with the leather jacket and the roller skate cowboy boots. Here we go. And I say, here we go, Chris, check this one out. Bing. And I hit it. And she's like, oh man. And she wants to break it all down. And she's like, what's this? What's that? Did you ask him about this piece, that piece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I like this angle. I like that angle. And it's a way, and we are just shoulder to shoulder, cheek to cheek. And we look at every picture intently and we start to trim and narrow And, you know, I take about a thousand photos a day. So from those thousand photos, we'll get it down to six, seven, you know, of the ones that we really like. And then out of those six, sometimes only two of them make it, you know, so it's a fun process to do with your best friend like that. You know, that's my favorite part. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. And it's been really fun. Been fun, Abby. Thank you. You can see Johnny's photos at Watching New York on Instagram and TikTok. Our last guest has a closet that could rival Sex in the City's Carrie Bradshaw. During the 2020 lockdown, Clara Perlmutter took that closet to TikTok, where thousands of people became enamored with her unique taste and never-ending collection of fun pieces. Known by her TikTok handle, Tiny Jewish Girl, Clara is inspiring her followers to experiment with their personal style and truly love what they wear. Well, Clara, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So you're known for your really unique and colorful closet. What were some of the first pieces of clothing that really sparked joy for you? I think we have to take it way back to early childhood. Um, I had a pair of red patent leather um, ankle boots and they were so cute. And so I have a sister who is 13 months younger than me. And you know, when you're a kid, you're still growing. And so I was always giving her hand-me-downs and those were so hard to like pass on to her and see her wearing. I used to wear them with everything. I would wear them in the winter. I would wear them in the summer and then my feet grew and they became my sisters. And I had to watch be an onlooker as she like stormed around in those cute little shoes. So stuff like that um, really early on. My mom was always making sure that we had cute clothing because she liked clothing and she kind of raised us to like clothing. Um, And I also had a bunch of older female cousins who would give me hand-me-downs. So like early 2000s, late 90s children's clothing, 
uh, was the first type of stuff that sparked joy. That's the first, the first fashion memories for me. You started gaining a major following on TikTok during the COVID-19 lockdowns. What inspired you to start sharing videos about your personal style? I was just bored out of my mind and I was in sweatpants all the time and I was losing my mind because of it. So I started sharing videos all the time of myself styling outfits or just talking about pieces of clothing that I own that I love. I kind of started off with pieces that um, I have a personal connection to or have some sort of backstory to them because I think that was part, it was really an emotional thing about me wanting to feel like a real person in the pandemic and taking back that part of my life. You have a lot of really cool pieces. If people follow you on TikTok, they can see banana print pants and a purse shaped like a basketball. Where do you find your clothes? All over. I used to do a lot of thrift shopping, but that throughout the pandemic has kind of dwindled. I'm doing more um, Poshmark and eBay. I've always been good at Poshmark and eBay, but like I've gotten really good. Um, I send my friends links all the time just because I find so much good stuff that I can't buy all of it. And so I'm constantly on these apps and I'm constantly sending links. How have you seen your personal style evolve since you started sharing videos? Have you found yourself dressing differently or expanding what you like in your wardrobe? Well, I think what's changed is like, I have ideas all the time. And anytime I was bored throughout my life, I've just started putting on clothing and playing dress up. Sometimes if there are people there, I take pictures but sometimes just in front of the mirror type of thing. Um, But, you know, when you're like living your normal life and you're not a TikTok fashion person, um, you are getting dressed for daily life. You're getting dressed to go to school. You're getting dressed to go to the grocery store, whatever. Um, Not every day is a black tie event, but with TikTok, I've started wearing just crazy outfits around my apartment because I'm putting them on for TikTok and it's kind of annoying to like get all dressed up in all these layers and then take it all off and then put it all away. So to defer doing all of that, I've started just wearing what I would wear out to a fancy event maybe once a month around my apartment, which is really fun. Um, Just overdressing all the time. Have you found that the city has influenced your own personal style at all since you've moved? Um, I think I'm just more comfortable being myself because I mean when I was in high school and I was like going to school there were um like moments where I'd show up to school and it'd be before school started I'm in the cafeteria where everyone's gathered and like everyone's like what's that what are you wearing and I'm being interrogated and after a certain point like I just like didn't want to hear it. So on a certain day, I'd like maybe tone it down. I'd wear one cool piece, but not head to toe statement pieces. Um, just because like, if, if I don't want to deal with any BS that day, like I'm, I'm toning it down. Um, and, you know, in New York, it's not necessary. Like if I go to my, when, when I went to school, um, I could go and head to toe cool pieces and I would get so many compliments in my classes. So um, just being able to fully express myself and fully explore who I am as a person, I think was facilitated by being in a place where, again, people are pretty indifferent, but if they're not indifferent, they're pretty accepting of differences. So what advice would you give to people who want to start sort of breaking away from trends and really cultivating their own taste? I always tell people that a good place to start is like 
where I started early childhood. Go back to your favorite, um, like moments in your life that were aha fashion moments. Like it could be you saw some cool girl at the mall, but you should go back and think about these moments where you were in love with fashion, um, moments that feel authentic to you and that shaped you in some way and break them down. Like try to intellectualize what about it appeals to you. Like, or I was super into grunge. Like, okay, so break it down. Like, do you like that um, there was a push towards shopping secondhand? Um, do you like, actually, do you just really like uh, long hair and flannels um do you like how it was kind of eclectic style do you like the vintage 50s dresses element so really just break down what it was that you're into and how you can so you don't have to replicate a fashion movement completely you don't have to replicate an outfit completely but like look for pieces that um fit those elements that appeal to you and so you're, you'll start to build a wardrobe that feels authentic to yourself and authentic to what you like. Think back to a time when you were so unafraid to be yourself. Like I think when you're a young kid, a lot of like society's um, restrictions might be lost on you because you just don't understand it yet. And so you're kind of more authentically yourself. And so I think going back there is a really good place to start. So go back to the red patent leather boots and then work from there. <laughs> Oh, believe me, I've looked. I want something, I have pictures of myself wearing them and I want something that is almost identical and I've yet to find that. Well, Clara, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been so fun to talk. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It has been a blast. Listeners can see Clara's Closet at Tiny Jewish Girl on TikTok. That's it for this week's Cityscape. Our music is courtesy of Ben Sound. I'm Abby Delk. Thanks for listening.